0: is the music of Simon Schack, the multi-talented researcher, musician, and author of September Clues. Welcome to the Clues Chronicle podcast, where I summarize the latest, best discussions of independent media watchdogs as posted by users of cluesforum.info. If you are unfamiliar with this area of research, I recommend you listen to the first two episodes of this podcast. In episode one, Simon and I discussed how we collected the most significant research ever done on the forensics of 9 11. In doing so, we developed excellent techniques to discover the telltale signs of digital forgery in the original 9 11 broadcasts and media reports. In Episode 2, we discussed how applying forensic techniques to full effect led us to the discovery that victims, or simulated victims, of 9 11 were created by a unified team using the media to distribute their false sob stories and put people in a traumatized state that prevents them from asking questions about 9-11. This is Issue 3, The Gentle Person's Guide to Forum Spies. Researching the war on terrorism for real, and not with some special connection to the powers that be, is like passing your hand through a somewhat convincing hologram and thinking you are about to hit something disgusting and horrible and vomit-inducing, only to find your hand continually passing through the air with no resistance and striking nothing of substance, except the military operations supposedly fighting the hologram, and the occasional paid actor who seems surprised that someone is looking, and who scurries away throwing curses behind them when you try to get them to answer any questions. The point of our show is to reveal that various psychological operations that intelligence groups subject people to through the media can be deconstructed by the simple scrutinies of the average person. We do not know why so many mistakes are allowed to clear their quality assurance teams, but it seems to be because of three things— which I have ordered from the easiest to the most difficult to understand. 1. They are confident that most people will not pause to think about the media, but merely take it in as one does air or water. A human floating forever in a sea of media loses the ability to focus on that sea. It becomes the background information in which all life appears to exist. Even though turning off all TVs, movies, and computers would not stop life from continuing, There is a subconscious fear that it would make us all more unsafe. 2. This behavior is backed up by everyone else doing the same. And 3. There are people who must lie to endorse one mainstream paradigm or another through personal anecdotes, because their job requires it of them. The last one is the hardest to fight, because it means a so-called conspiracy can be very large due to the fact that most people in it do not want to be a part of it, have no idea what it is they are actually a part of, and they are still forced to be, by circumstances, or because they signed something like a non-disclosure military contract or gag order. We can assume this, otherwise their criminal behavior may just be called an addiction or habit. This would also explain why boards trying to discuss matters of the truth are infested by shills that often seem entirely bored or half-hearted about their efforts to derail the conversation. Their disguise as a bored troll is belied by their behavior as a bored shill, focused on harassing particular discussions. They have been given techniques to derail, but they have not been infused with the same passion for success that someone truly interested in truth has been. Nonetheless, they do make appearances. I feel we should have willingness to expose and embarrass liars that may be good people with their own justifications and intentions, with the understanding that the social consequences of doing so are outweighed by the importance of living in a better world where these people do not run the show. Only you can decide for yourself where you stand in the drama, or whether you are outside of it entirely. Coming up next, The Gentle Person's Guide to Forum Spies, from cluesforum.info. I'm still trying to figure out the format of this show, but I think to keep things simple, I will just go to the start of a thread, read some of the posts aloud, and if it sounds interesting, you can research it for yourself. You can also always see the post yourself by going to our show notes. The Gentle Person's Guide to Forum Spies. August 9th, 2012, by Nono Capito. This document has been circulating on the internet for a while, I think. Chances are you are already familiar with it. In any case, it has been recently posted on Cryptome, and I thought it could be useful to repost it on our forum as well. Even though the source for this is basically unknown, and nobody can vouch that it entirely or in parts actually comes from the co-intel pro fronts, this could be a recommended read. Especially the first part seems to illustrate quite comprehensively all the basic tactics that shills and trolls can use, and in many cases have used, on a board like ours, to try and derail threads or even hijack the whole forum. If your experience of this or other forums goes back long enough, you very likely witnessed these tactics being applied, often successfully. Feel free to comment and add to it. I'm not responsible for the following content, which I'm merely copy-pasting with a bit of formatting. I should add here that uh, Nono Capito uh, did not have a clear grasp of English, so he wasn't able to correct some of the strange grammar mistakes in the original document. So I'll do my best to summarize what's being said here at times. 1. COINTELPRO techniques for delusion, misdirection, and control of an internet forum. There are several techniques for the control and manipulation of an Internet forum, no matter what or who is on it. We will go over each technique and demonstrate that only a minimal number of operatives can be used to eventually and effectively gain a control of an uncontrolled forum. Technique number one, forum sliding. If a very sensitive posting of a critical nature has been posted on a forum, it can be quickly removed from public view by forum sliding. I think I can summarize this better myself. In this technique, a number of posts that aren't so important are posted all around, and when something important is said later, those posts can be updated, and it's the nature of most boards to bring those updated threads to the top. So that quickly buries the interesting thread in something that is less important or less critical, according to the person who's trying to uh, slide the forum. This can also happen in individual topics, actually, where someone uh, just quickly posts after a significant post, which has very little to do with what was just posted, and which may even turn the page, so to speak, uh, or the digital page, so that um, it becomes buried immediately after posting, even though it may have had some significant information. Technique number two, consensus cracking. A second highly effective technique, this is amusing because it says, which you can see in operation all the time at abovetopsecret.com, no arguments there, is consensus cracking. To develop a consensus crack, the following technique is used. Under the guise of a fake account, when is it ever not, a posting is made which looks legitimate and is toward the truth. But the critical point is that it has a very weak premise. This is basically a straw man argument. Once this is done under alternative fake accounts, a very strong position in your favor can be introduced over the life of the posting. It's imperative that both sides are initially presented, so the uninformed reader can't determine which side is the truth. As postings and replies are made, the stronger evidence, or disinformation in your favor, is slowly seated in. Thus, the uninformed reader will most likely develop the same position as you, because you've already uh, led the opposition, basically. Technique number three, topic dilution. Topic dilution is not only effective in forum sliding, it is also very useful in keeping the forum readers on unrelated and non-productive issues. This is similar to the first technique they mentioned. Uh, you can create resource burn, which means that people will get so sick of uh, trying to fight the bad and boring and uninteresting topics that they will give up and the most interesting posters may leave. Technique number four, information collection. I wouldn't say this is exactly a way to derail a forum, but it is something that you can see a lot at uh, places like Godlike Productions or David Icke Forum, where someone just posts something like, hey, I love guns. Here's my gun. Why don't you show me which guns that you have? And this is a way to get people to um, give away demographics information. So, for example, if they're studying people who own dogs, they might make a post about dogs in order to sort of gather what people have to say about their own pet situation. And they won't be saying what correlations they're drawing from that. Technique number five, anger trolling. Statistically, there is always a percentage of the forum posters who are more inclined to anger or violent reactions. You can determine who these people are by making emotional provocations. Technique number six, gaining full control. It is important to always be harvesting and continually maneuvering for a forum moderator position. Once this position is obtained, the forum can then be effectively and quietly controlled by deleting unfavorable postings, swaying the... uh, Attitudes of the other moderators. And the ultimate victory, of course, would be that if the forum is no longer participated with by the general public and no longer useful in maintaining their freedoms. It's not always in the interest to kill a forum, as it can also be converted into a honeypot, gathering of information and misdirection. One comment I have to say about this technique is that, unfortunately, we have to acknowledge that the internet is generally a honeypot in the sense that no matter how good or well-intended a site is uh, built for a particular purpose, we have to acknowledge that we are being studied. Yeah, The Internet is a place where people are studied, and people study other people, and they don't always tell each other how that's happening. We can say with certainty that Clues Forum is not a place where uh, we have people post so that we can gather information about them. Quite the opposite. We want to give people information. However, it's reasonable to assume that there are people monitoring our forum and watching how people post in order to gather information on them. This is also one of the reasons that we push away personality and personal information and anecdotal discussions away from Clues Forum and focus strictly on forensic evidence of the media. This way, it doesn't give unsavory groups the ability to gather too much information about us in one spot, even though obviously they have probably every means at their disposal to figure it out. And these are tools that probably the public doesn't have. Conclusion. Remember, these techniques are only effective if the forum participants do not know about them. Once they are aware of these techniques, the operation can completely fail, and the forum can become uncontrolled. Um, Just a little personal note here from me. I don't know if that's true. (laughs) Just because you're aware of these techniques doesn't mean that you can always stop them or you can always make the operation fail. Oftentimes it seems you can scare trolls away or you can ban them, but that doesn't seem to make the people who are attacking the forum necessarily change their minds. In fact, it usually seems to make it so that they change their strategy at best. Part 2. 25 Rules of Disinformation. This post was copied about six minutes later, it appears, um, as he was taking from the Crypton paper. It starts like this. Note, the first rule and last five or six, depending on situation, are generally not directed within the ability of the traditional disinfo artist to apply. These rules are generally used more directly by those at the leadership, key players, or planning level of a criminal conspiracy or cover-up. I'm not sure what that means, but maybe you can judge for yourself after we read these. 1. Hear no evil, see no evil, speak no evil. Regardless of what you know, don't discuss it. Especially if you are a public figure, news anchor, etc. If it's not reported, it didn't happen, and you never have to deal with it. 2. Become incredulous and indignant. Avoid discussing key issues and instead focus on side issues or emotional draws to point out the topic is being critical of some otherwise sacrosanct group or theme. This is also known as the how-dare-you gambit. I believe Bill Clinton employed that once when asked about 9-11. Three, create rumors and rumor-mongers. Describe all speculation as wild accusations rather than speculation. Four, use a straw man. This was also described in the earlier part. But... It seems to be one of the most effective arguments for shills to use. Find or create a seeming element of your opponent's argument which you can easily knock down to make yourself look good and the opponent look bad. You can even make up an issue you may safely imply exists based on your interpretation of the opponent. Or select the weakest aspect of the weakest charges. Amplify their supposed significance to your opponent, and then destroy them in a way which appears to debunk everything they have to say. 5. Sidetrack opponents with name-calling and ridicule. Well, this is just an ad hominem attack, so may not even have to go there. Six, hit and run. In any public forum, make a brief attack of your opponent or the opponent position, and then scamper off before an answer can be fielded or simply ignore any answer. I think the hit and run is actually more common in real people. When you try to talk to them about 9-11, they seem to throw insults at you uh, feign disorientation if they're not really disoriented, and then run away. (laughs) Seven, question motives. Twist or amplify any fact which could be taken to imply that the opponent operates out of a hidden personal agenda or other bias. If you can't come up with a motive, simply imply that the motive is so evil that it cannot be revealed. Eight, invoke authority. Claim for yourself or associate yourself with authority and present your argument with enough jargon and minutiae to illustrate you are the one who knows. And simply say it isn't so without discussing issues or demonstrating concretely why, or citing sources. Now, we definitely respect sources um, at Clues Forum, but I think our definition of sources is a, is a little different from uh, the mainstream media's definition. We actually prefer things that are less anecdotal Um, which are confirmable by any given uh, user or member of the forum, or reader even. And yet there is a good point in there about people using too much gobbledygook that sounds authoritative, but isn't in fact uh, a sign of expertise of the subject. That goes along well with number nine, which is play dumb. No matter what evidence or logical argument is offered, Avoid discussing issues except with denials that they have any credibility, make any sense, provide any proof, contain or make a point, have logic, or support a conclusion. Mix up your misunderstandings and playing dumb, and never act like you fully understand what is being said. I would add to this one as well. You can even walk away from a subject without even addressing that you didn't understand it and then simply claim to not have understood it later, especially if it's a point that really flies in the face uh, of the disinformation campaign. Ten, associate opponent charges with old news, kind of like the straw man, where it can be foreseen, have your own side raise a straw man issue and have it dealt with early on as part of the initial plans. Then, subsequent charges, regardless of validity or new ground uncovered, can be associated with the original charge and dismissed as simply being a rehash, ignoring the the new information. Which is really related to playing dumb, which is actually, when I think about it, a big part of the the role of the professional troll. 11. Establish and rely upon fallback positions. Using a minor matter or element of the facts, take the high road and confess with candor that some innocent mistake in hindsight was made. This can also be used to uh, indicate to others that you really have good character and good intentions, even if you may not. Twelve, enigmas have no solution. Drawing upon the overall umbrella of events surrounding a crime and the multitude of players and events, paint the entire affair as simply too complex to solve. This causes those otherwise following the matter to begin to lose interest more quickly without having to address the actual evidence. Thirteen, Alice in Wonderland logic. Avoid discussion of the issues by reasoning backwards. Hmm, when someone steps backwards, sort of in deductive reasoning, away from information that shows that evidence is trustworthy. In other words, to make it seem as though it's logical to avoid evidence, 14. Demand complete solutions. Avoid the issues by requiring opponents to solve the crime at hand completely. In other words, you can dismiss a significant clue by saying that it doesn't solve the entire crime. 15. Fit the facts to alternate conclusions. This requires creative thinking unless the crime was planned with contingency conclusions in place. 16. Vanish evidence and witnesses. If it doesn't exist, it's not fact, and you won't have to address the issue. This can happen by ignoring, or, in the case of research into 9-11, websites simply disappearing or closing down with no explanation. The public is then free to imagine the reason and will not necessarily assume that it was done because there was some really good evidence there. 17. Change the subject. That seems pretty self-explanatory. 18. Emotionalize, antagonize, and goad opponents, similar to the uh, emotional ploy. Nineteen. Ignore proof presented. Demand impossible proofs. This is perhaps a variant of the play-dumb rule. Regardless of what material may be presented by an opponent in public forums, claim the material is irrelevant and demand proof that it is impossible for the opponent to come by. It may exist, but not be at their disposal, or it may be something which only an authority figure has access to. In order to completely avoid discussing issues, it may be required that you categorically deny and be critical... Of everything as a source, deny that witnesses are acceptable, or even deny that statements made by government or other authorities have any meaning or relevance. This actually is something that you would think uh, our discussion of fakery would use a lot, and you're right to assume that we don't trust many sources which have been shown to be completely untrustworthy, such as certain government organizations and the news. However, you'd be surprised how often a troll will try to turn that against you and say that a clue within a government uh, report or a news release or something of that nature is something that we must completely throw out because it's from the government. In other words, it asks us not to look at any evidence because the evidence is tainted. The key difference, I believe, is that Clues Forum doesn't demand impossible proofs. It only addresses proofs and evidence and forensics that we can all see and confirm for ourselves. 20. False evidence. This is a big one, and the power to manufacture false evidence is growing every day with the power of computing. Whenever possible, introduce new facts or fake clues designed and manufactured to conflict with reality, This works best when the crime was designed with contingencies for the purpose, and the facts cannot be easily separated from the fabrications. That does indeed seem to be one of the main roles of the war on terror, to confuse the issue of war and the issue of fake news events from uh, the ability to discern what is real and what is fake. Volume and quantity over quality. Twenty-one. Call a grand jury, special prosecutor, or other empowered investigative body. I suppose in the case of media fakery, this would show up as the suspension of habeas corpus or some other recent Patriot Act-style thing to make it so that a true investigation could never be had. Or I suppose like the 9-11 commission report, you can just hire the people who came up with the hoax to design their own investigation into it. 22. 22. Manufacture a new truth. Well, that's familiar. Create your own experts, groups, authors, leaders, or influence existing ones willing to forge new ground via scientific, investigative, or social research, or testimony which concludes favorably with your position. In this way, if you must actually address evidence, you can do so authoritatively. Wow, have we seen so many instances of that, with the bogus NIST models with the uh, architects and engineers for 9-11 Truth, uh, with so many groups that are using expertise as their argument for why they don't really need to look at the evidence of media fakery or the technology of CGI and augmented reality. 23. Create bigger distractions. If the above does not seem to be working to distract from sensitive issues, Or to prevent unwanted media coverage of unstoppable events, such as trials. Oh, man, if we could only get a trial. Wow. Ah, If we could put some of these people on trial, that would be very interesting. Create bigger news stories, or treat them as such to distract the multitudes. 24. Silence the critics. If the above methods do not prevail... Consider removing opponents from circulation by some definitive solution so that the need to address issues is removed entirely. This starts to sound a bit mafia. Death, arrest, detention, blackmail. 25. Vanish. If you are a keyholder of secrets or otherwise overly illuminated, and you think the heat is getting too hot, to avoid the issues, vacate the kitchen. Nono Capito's third post, A Little While Later, is another copy-paste from the Cryptome document, Part 3. Eight Traits of the Disinformationalist 1. Avoidance. They never actually discuss issues head-on. 2. Selectivity. They tend to pick and choose opponents carefully, based on their expertise. 3. Coincidental. They tend to surface suddenly and somewhat coincidentally with a new controversial topic, with no clear prior record of participation. 4. Teamwork. They tend to operate in self-congratulatory and complimentary packs or teams. Of course, this can happen naturally in any public forum, but there will likely be an ongoing pattern of frequent exchanges of this sort where professionals are involved. Sometimes one of the players will infiltrate the opponent camp to become a source for straw or other tactics designed to dilute opponent presentation strength. 5. Anti-conspiratorial They always seem to have a disdain for conspiracy theorists and usually for those who in any way believe JFK was not killed by Lee Harvey Oswald. that is true that JFK seems to be one of those uh, litmus test issues where you can see how someone feels about uh, the government, and maybe that was one of the purposes of that event, or non-event. Six, artificial emotions. An odd kind of artificial emotionalism and an unusually thick skin Ability to persevere and persist, even in the face of overwhelming criticism and non-acceptance, even though they will complain and kick and scream and make it really unpleasant to criticize them. 7. Inconsistent. A tendency to make mistakes which betray their true self-motives. Inconsistent grammar. Seemingly deliberate mistakes in spelling or composition. Example. A Navy pilot blaming his poor communication skills on having only a grade school education, so contradictorily inciting the authority while also not having any. Eight, time constant. Recently discovered, with respect to news groups is the response time factor. There are three ways this can be seen to work, especially when the government or other employed player is involved in a cover-up operation. A. Any non-government post by a targeted proponent for truth can result in an immediate response. So fast response is called for. B, when dealing in more direct ways with a disinformation list, such as email, delay is called for. There will usually be a minimum of a 48 to 72 hour delay. Oh my gosh. When I, when I had to get the FOIA documents from uh, NARA regarding the lack of flight manifests for the so-called planes of 9-11... I got longer than 72-hour delays. It was months struggling with them for responses. And C, in the example above, it will also be seen that bigger guns are drawn and fired after the same hour delay. In other words, delay a long response, and then when you do respond, come back with an even stronger attack. The remaining posts in this thread are still copied from Cryptome, and then there's some response by Simon Shack and others. First, Nono Capito says posts four, how to spot a spy, which they're calling co-intel pro agents. Five, 17 techniques for truth suppression. Some additional guides posted by F. Benario, including an interesting one on zerohedge.com, which comes close to the truth, but which doesn't really address the amount of fakery um, that's possible now with... Uh, computer animation, and augmented reality techniques. And a post by Flapjack with techniques 7, 8, 9, and 10 added to the Pro misdirection techniques. I think these are worth mentioning. One is the fake true Scotsman, or I've been doing what you've been doing, but for much longer and now I have doubts. It's also kind of the uh, evoking authority fallacy. Another is astroturfing, which, wow, yeah, we can see the government doing that a lot. Basically, it's the principle that repetitive lies are the truth. Another one is switching positions in order to enrage the enemy and cause them to unwittingly (laughs) switch positions themselves. And collective distancing, like the Ku Klux Klan supports puppies, so I support kittens. There you have a basic introduction to... Nono Capito's Gentle Person's Guide to Forum Spies. My friend Simon and I have developed these understandings after eight years of ongoing research into what some fakeologists call the largest media hoax of our time, 9-11. This is the longest and most thorough ongoing research into 9-11 that has resisted the manipulation techniques as the forensic evidence comes out. No major research group or media entity has exposed the video evidence with even cursory video expertise or forensic understanding that is easily and readily available to the public. Michael Moore did not detect the wrong windows in the World Trade Center, which belies a fake CGI model of Manhattan. Alex Jones did not question one single suspicious fake victim picture. Nor did George Norrie, David Icke, David Ray Griffin... Richard Gage, not architects and engineers for 9-11 Truth, not pilots for 9-11 Truth, Let's Roll Forums, nor the creators of Loose Change have the wherewithal to understand the Hollywood techniques used in the news. The creators of the great American Psy Opera, the creators of Zeitgeist, none of them have resisted the trolling and the shilling that consistently attacks forums and makes it apparent that there are key issues worthy of discussion in the mainstream, which are not getting there because of a suppression effort. You don't need more experience than simply going to the cinema or playing a video game to see the problems with the virtual Manhattan. But few people spent the time looking while they were busy getting traumatized by the shock and awe imagery or distracted by the duck and cover conspiracies. We all fell for it. Now to get out of it, we must all wake up to it, which comes with the consequence of identifying those among us who are liars. In intimidating missions, since lying comes in so many forms, I have the sense that on some level these liars are tired of being in their conspiracy, and they'd rather have people with curiosity and integrity and honesty talking about the real world rather than their bosses. And I could be wrong but we wouldn't know until they were willing to come clean and speak plainly with us in a normal, face-to-face group discussion. How can we arrange this? I don't know. If you'd like a serious workout to determine who is or is not a paid spokes entity for the hoaxers, I recommend going to a place which acts like it asks serious questions, but which exhibits all the signs of being a gathering place to allow paid agents to patiently sway innocent participants. You could either visit the so-called research forum, letsroll.com, after the supposed victim who cried, let's roll, and see how subtly the members there reinforced the idea of real people dying on 9-11. You could go to a YouTube account showing the 9-11 conspiracy movie, Loose Change, which professes to have information that passengers on one of the planes were all executed in a hangar. Or you could simply watch the Michael Moore movie, Fahrenheit 9-11, And watch it with a skeptical eye to see if you can pick up on any techniques used by the filmmakers to reinforce conspiratorial notions. And while taking in this media, if you have the stomach for it after recognizing deception techniques, how much can you pick up on all of these resources that claim to question the truth, treating 9-11 imagery as real, undoctored video of a real event? If you were swayed by that media, you would probably be convinced that Clues Forum shares the culture of your enemy. You would overlook the evidence that the so-called alternative media is trying to derail research, and you would conclude Clues Forum and myself are the worst enemy of humanity rather than a helpful resource for communities to defend themselves from psychological attack. And in that case, I think you would have failed to develop an adequate defense against the technique of crashing forums that could be known as hiding goodies. Hiding goodies is when a form of media primarily addresses points that you can never prove yourself, and especially to distract you from points that you can easily verify for yourself by ignoring the distracting technique. One clue is that the information goodies are frequently said to come from personal privileged information or to be held in hiding by conspirators, which is why the information cannot be gained or tested. A good indicator of a piece of information's value is how much you could confirm it if you used the same tools used by the people who developed the information in the first place. After testing and after review by peers, for yourself, based on your own direct, unsimulated experiences, that is, what light you see with your own eyes, directly bouncing off the subject in question, what sounds you hear with your own ears as emitted by the subject, what you can smell, feel, or even taste. If you see light and you hear sound from a TV, you are detecting a television, not necessarily the things simulated by the television. Seems like a simple thing to say, but it's harder to realize in practice. In our age of moving image and sound, effects and fakery and sort of magic that began with the invention of film itself so long ago. Search the history of film and photography to see the kind of fun tricks and effects used at the very start of the invention's inception. Barring that, watch behind-the-scenes vignettes from special effects movies. If you are not yet ready to do a huge mental workout by visiting the shill infested waters of the David Icke Forum, Loose Change Forum, Above Top Secret, or sitting through a painful four hours of Coast to Coast AM, or Red Ice Radio, or some such, I recommend visiting Fakeologist.com. Whereas the former is more like a bizarre carnival Hawking wears at you, Fakeologist is like having a tour guide who tells you many of the ways these entertaining distractions have screwed over their audiences. At Fakeologist, you will find a friendly, well-meaning administrator, Ab, a narrower selection of skeptics, and their various theories and personalities, and a lot of raw audio. And there you may still have your hands full sorting well-meaning people from others, as Ab himself can occasionally become distracted by a show or wander off and leave you to... uh, to the crowd. But Ab regularly provides his own intuition and amusing metaphors on matters, especially when asked. If you actually trust our information and you're tired of scams, and you'd prefer a lighter stretch of your credulity and a rigorous and academic selection of researchers, go to cluesforum.info. This I would compare to a public gathering of white blood cells as they do their best to keep the public alert to suspicious activity in the collective consciousness. To conclude episode 3, some more tunes from social service. As always, use your own judgment and your own research to confirm things you suspect may be true. Test and improve your abilities. And as for reality, let's keep it real together. i